Papercut podcast strives to be evocative and inclusive. Every Monday, we cut below the surface with folks that make the Winnipeg arts and culture scene thrive. Welcome to Papercut Podcast. My name is Jared Gochek. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Graham Hoosen. Tell us a bit about yourself. Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Um, about myself. Um, I'm 5'10". Ooh. <laughs> Devastatingly blonde. Yeah. Um, I'm a Pisces. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess the biggest hat that I wear is I'm a, I'm a writer. Mostly a music writer in Winnipeg. Cool. Yeah. A music writer as in? Um, I do features, mostly for Sound, Phrase, and Fury. I've done cool. a little bit of stuff for Stylist, but Sound, Phrase, and Fury is my big, uh, my, my thing. Yeah. And how did you get your start there? Um, so I'm also going into second year Crecom. I know you're a Crecomer too. Yeah, yeah. Crecom Mafia. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was in December, one of my classmates is, uh, the associate editor of Sound, Freeze, and Fury, uh, and she was just looking for contributors, because it's a, it's a pretty small magazine, uh, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to put something out there that wasn't for the projector, um, so I signed up, and my first feature was on Austin Bolton of Birthday Tapes, who I knew from high school, uh... And I really wanted to do it right, so I started researching everything I could about birthday tapes. Because uh, I hadn't really cared before then. Which is a local <laughs> label. Yeah, local tape label. Um, no offense to Austin. But, you, you know, like, I just, I saw his stuff on, like, Facebook and Instagram, but, like, I knew nothing about the local music scene or anything. Right. Um, so I, I started, like, listening to the music that he put out and stuff like that, and I started hearing more local stuff. And after that feature, it kind of really propelled me to do more with that. And then I interviewed, I think, I think House Panther was next. Nice. Uh, you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> She's fantastic. I love, I love that interview. It's probably like my favorite ever. But um, in that article, I, I said that her album name was uh, Club Soda Blues instead oh. of Club Soda Lows. Right. So that was an embarrassing moment for me. That's not your job. It's the editor's job. Oh, well, it wasn't check. released yet. Even the name was like that was like the oh. first time it had been in print, and it I was fucked a hot taking. Yeah, I know. I had the exclusive, and I. But she still says it's okay, so whatever. I actually got my start with Sound Phrase and Fury too. That really, was my first article. Yep, I wrote it about real love. Yeah. Really. And then I so when I started, you know, listening to the stuff and getting into the scenes, we have a very similar beginning. Oh my god. So Sound you have big things coming your way. Do it <laughs> in my footsteps. But you actually have test. a lot of other cool stuff going on, like you're working now an internship? Yeah, I'm um well kind of was. I, I did the Manitoba music or I did an internship for Manitoba music this summer. It went from beginning of June to end of July. Um, and that, like, really catapulted me into Winnipeg's music scene, just, like, forcing me to go out to stuff. Um, and then that ended, but then they brought me on for, I think it's just, like, last weekend this week for some admin work, which is so fun, because everybody in Manitoba Music's just, like, <laughs> everyone's so nice. Mm-hmm. I love them all. Um, so, so what, you, what was your position there? Before, uh, oh, so during the internship, I was the live music outreach assistant. Oh, yeah, hmm. so my kind of biggest day-to-day job was maintaining the live calendar. Um, 
which is actually just like mostly data entry, but mm-hmm. like I got to hear about every performance that was going on. Like I don't think there's a a music show in Winnipeg that was happening that I didn't know about, and I wow. felt so important. Um, but then the funnest stuff that I got to do, they they sent me to various shows, a couple of festivals that I um, could take photos at and just do social media for. On top of like uh, writing some web stories and doing some song of the week stuff cool. and other communication stuff. Did you so, pick yeah. song of the week? Um, who picks song of the week? Who picks song? Ooh, <gasps> is this an exclusive? So yes. I did. It's a hot help. Take. We both like. <laughs> did you both gasp? Are you? Are you? Is this not common knowledge? No, I don't know who. We does we it. have no idea. Oh, so, so so like commonly throughout the year, it's it's Rachel Stone, the communications manager. Oh. Right. Um. Although it's, I don't know if people know this per se because I don't know how how widely they advertise it. People can you can sign up for your own song of the week if you're a man of a music member. <gasps> you can email Rachel and say hi. Do you have a slot open for? September and she'll say sure or no sorry that's the week of I don't know like Sherbrooke Street Festival we're saving that for somebody who's on the bill there right because um what she likes or what Mounds My Music likes to do I don't know if this is exclusive information I don't, I don't think I don't know no, no, I just no, think it's... we don't know it that's yeah. Right. yeah it's like not when... it's not because one of their tenants is transparency so I'm just going on their policy guide. Right. I'm just I'm just spreading. And things. you read it. You worked there. I read it. I read and the you whole thing. Signed damn it. <laughs> Handed it in. I did. So I'm just doing God's work. Um, <laughs> so you, you, you people, it's not like it's not an exclusive uh, thing. It's just it's it's whatever's relevant right now. It's whatever we can help um, promote or stuff like that. So for the for the couple months that I was there, I was kind of helping pick song of the week. I'd cool. suggest I'd look up, you know, who's doing stuff kind of the week after. Um, and then I'd give Rachel a list of names and she'd pick like one from that. So it was it was mostly whoever was like performing on like a festival bill, whoever had an album release coming out, whoever was doing like a really cool show. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was And there's articles on Manitoba music as well. Yeah, a little bit. There's like a there'll be like a pre festival kind of like announcement piece. Like we did one for I don't know if I did the one for Real Love. I did the one for Folkfest. Um, it was just kind of like, this is what's happening at Folkfest this year. Here's the Manitoba artist that you can see right. at Folkfest. <laughs> um, and here's when, you know, just like little stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. So uh, when did you start writing, like actually start writing? Uh, was it just for Sound, Phrase and Fury? It was your first published work, but when did you get that bug? Uh, um... When I when I first start writing, I uh, like published. You mean? Well, published was for Sound Phrase and Fury, right? No, first oh. published was for the projector. Oh, oh for the yeah. Projector. But that's because, as Jared knows, you're forced to. Yeah. Uh, for your nice. journalism requirement, yeah. you have to publish an article in the projector. Um, what was yours about? I was one of the only people who pitched mine, and I really wanted to write about the transgender day of remembrance. So I wrote about that, uh, which was really fun not fun it was it was it, it was um it was really cool it got me out of my bubble right i had to talk to like i, I spoke to shandy strong who's a a politician and trans activist or trans what's that called trans advocate there we go oh. boom she's a trans advocate i should know i should have wrote the article uh, <laughs> she's a trans advocate so i i started talking to people who were kind of outside of my little bubble that was the first thing that i did um, I just wanted to do more. What was yours, Jared? What was yours? 
I know mine wasn't pitched. Definitely wasn't pitched. Um, I know. I think it was something like I think it was like a real easy piece. It was something to do with like Red River College. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're doing something. I obviously cycling. didn't do a great job. <laughs> Probably auto failed it. Have have you auto failed anything? No. Oh, congrats! No. congrats. I, I I'm a pretty good that. editor. <laughs> yeah. It's Normally. it's pretty intense that auto fail. Oh, <laughs> crushing. Yeah, it's crushing. So, what was your going into Crecom? Did you know that you wanted to do journalism, or was it open? It, I don't. I don't even know. <laughs> I um, I I'm pretty passionate about writing, um, in kind of all of its forms. Uh, and I I knew that I wanted to do something with writing. Uh, and I didn't know any other programs that would like uh, get me out of school and hopefully into something that would pay better than Crecom. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I wanted to. I guess my headspace when I was going into Crecom was like I, I got to get a job right out of post secondary, and I really wanted to do something with writing. So Crecom's the way to go. Um, and kind of my expectations for that have changed. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I was going into Precom for. Hmm. And now you're you've picked your major. Yeah, I'm an ad major. Ad major. Yeah. Wow, interesting. I don't know. <laughs> Do you like writing for ad? Uh, um, I don't know. I, I guess so. I I guess I chose it. Um, it's it's <laughs> interesting because you have to be strategic and you have to be smart, uh, and I like that aspect of it. And you have to be engaging, but I don't know. I don't know. You can still change your your major up until like the final day before classes yeah so i'm yeah. still like i don't know oh maybe yeah jay is for me but yeah yeah I if know. i would have gone back i think i would have taken ad yeah is there's so much cool stuff like you said like mm. you'd be strategic smart witty and i think going through something like that you could even still write and apply mm-hmm. a lot of that to to any kind of journalistic writing yeah yeah i mean it, for- it forces me to be concise with my writing which i think is probably my biggest challenge because I'm a rambler so yeah yeah it's it's fun plus it I like the multimedia aspect of it I guess although probably like an ad copywriter doesn't do much with design or anything but in the first year we did so yeah you do a little bit of everything yeah. Yeah. do you watch so. Mad Men? no oh my gosh that's why my mouth has been wide open this entire time I'm like oh my gosh Mad Men this is so cool I want to be um uh, what's her? Is it Peggy? Oh yeah, the gorgeous redhead. Yeah, with the red lips. Oh no no, that's Joan. Oh, I want to be oh, Joan. Yeah. yeah, I want to be Joan really bad. She's a partner. She's a party. Well, she's a partner in the firm as and well, a, and a party. And a party. And a party. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she I better. love Mad Men. I Do never you? finished it, but I <gasps> like it. I just got kind of bored. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, well. You ever, you ever just shows will do that. Yeah, like. What's a show, show that you've been bored with? That I've been bored like, with? Like, have you stopped one where you're like. Stranger Things. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I Fox season two, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. Shit. That's a hot take, because I know some people really liked it, but I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat. I, it, I don't know. I, I can't binge that show. And also, like, stop introducing characters. Yeah. You have ten main characters. Why are there mm. more? I do like they the... shouldn't be able to be friends with anyone else for myself. <laughs> I do like the little redhead girl yeah, yeah, that yeah. they become friends with. She's cool. She's chill. Yeah. You like redheads. I guess so. And you're so devastatingly blonde though. I know, right? <laughs> Maybe I should make the jump. Oh, Live my make Jessica the Rabbit fantasy. Jessica Rabbit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. 
Is it embarrassing to say that I had a crush on Jessica Rabbit, no. knowing full well that she was just a cartoon? And dating a rabbit? Yeah, and... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little yeah. bit. Maybe yeah. a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I was, I was willing to look past that. <laughs> that was your line right in between cartoon and dating yeah. a rabbit? Yeah. The cartoon part was like where I'm like, oh, okay, this can't actually happen. That's so we found funny. <laughs> I mean, I had a crush on uh, uh, The Lion King. The Lion King. Simba. Oh, the yes. Lion King. Yeah. Oh, if I call him The Lion King, then it sounds weirder than I had a crush on a cartoon lion. Yeah. <laughs> but teenage Simba is a babe. Scar. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Scar. He the murdered someone. He's a bad boy. <laughs> I'm willing to look past it. That's where my Yeah, <laughs> and he had like the cool scar on his eye. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. You're just yeah. like, Strange I will love you no matter but... what. Yeah. <laughs> You're very forgiving. <laughs> Can I say? If he'll, if he murders his brother, are you not scared that he'll also murder you? No, I think, I think that's thrilling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's good to trust someone or not trust someone at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps it spicy. I just, I just like his long, flowing black hair. Yeah, yeah. And his scar on his face. Cool. The rest I can look past. <laughs> we all have flaws. What's more, yours? Um, whenever I wear lipstick, I always smudge it all over my face. Oh. So if I have red all over my face, just ignore it. Okay. Don't tell you? No, don't tell me. I like to live life on the edge. Right. You'd rather get to the bathroom and be like, I hope that happened in the last two seconds, rather yeah. than thinking it's been there the whole time. I don't know. What's that rule that people always say? It's like, if you can't... Well, I guess this actually would fall under that, so maybe do tell me. It was like, if you can't... If the person can't fix it in... 30 seconds or under, don't tell them about it. Right. Have you heard that rule? No. I, I have heard that mm -hmm. rule before. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the um, what's the rule on, like, whiteheads? If you see someone with a whitehead... <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't know. Because I want to know. Dude, yeah. whiteheads at a festival are the hardest thing because you're like, I know you, like, you <gasps> don't know it's there because you don't have a mirror. Yeah. So do I tell you, but you still don't have a mirror, Some and what are you are supposed to do with it? Yeah. Some people get genuinely like, oh, really? Like, and I don't want you to feel bad. I just... You could fix this quick, yes. you know? Yeah. I also Pop have, it. like, a circle of people where I'm, like, straight up, like, uh, just, like, stay still. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, you're going to go you in. pop it for them? Oh, yeah. 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 Popping pimples is satisfying yeah. on other people. Yeah. On other people, because it doesn't hurt. Yeah. You're just, yeah. like, <laughs> they're like, ow, 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 and you're just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'm working here. I feel like here. Dr. Sandra Lee Pimple Popper. Oh. Who's getting her own TLC show. Of course it's TLC. Is. What? <laughs> like a full 60 minutes? Oh. <laughs> you know what? It's not even the, like... You can't leave TLC on when you're eating dinner. Like, no. I feel like yeah. that's the go-to, like, leave it on while you're eating dinner. Yeah. Mediums, house hunting. But if that was, like, on, you know... Maybe it's not TLC. Maybe I'm lying. Maybe it's Netflix. No, TLC... I feel like yeah, TLC, TLC, like, do it. they do some strange shows, like... Uh, the weird it? addictions and stuff. Yeah. Do you have a weird addiction? Do I have a weird addiction? Like people eat chalk or like, not saying yeah. that you're a chalk eater, but I mean like... But if you did. If or I did like eat chalk. some people like are obsessed with like blow blow up toys, like pool yeah. floaties. Oh yeah. 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 And oh, just like yeah. have like their house is just full of pool floaties. That's their weird obsession. Uh, I'm like a scratcher. Like if there's like an itch mm. on me and people are like, don't scratch that, it'll make it worse. I'm like... Have you had poison ivy? <laughs> poison ivy or poison oak? Um, well, that's another story related to whiteheads at festivals. Uh, yeah, just like last night, my hands were so itchy and I was just scratching the shit out of them and now I've got like some lesions. Oh my gosh. Stay off my body. Um, I was covered in blisters at Real Love. <gasps> and it was the worst time of my life. Because poison ivy? 
Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. That's something you should Probably. find out. No, I'm fine now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have like pretty bad skin in general, so like it was, it just looked like really bad acne. Oh no. But um, it was like the worst because I was going there and I was going there alone, and I was like, okay, I need to muster up all of my confidence to like do this festival on my own. And then I was just covered in blisters. And I was like, fuck. This is the worst thing that could have happened. This is not confidence? Yeah, this is like, I don't want to look at anybody. So I left. Oh, no. Yeah, I was so excited for Namdi and Tops. And you missed them. I went right after 3P. Wow. Yeah, I was like, I gotta gotta go. go, Festivals are just a place to be. Like, just... Be you and there, unless you were in, like, pain. But, I mean, like, nobody yeah. gives a shit about anything. Last Everybody's year. gross. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah. not <laughs> saying that that is gross, but, I mean, like, if you're, like, self-conscious about anything at a festival, you just, like, oh, we're all in this together. Yeah. I actually, uh, last year at Real Love, I got um, Poison Ivy. <gasps> oh, and, no. and it was the Saturday night, and Natalie just, like, soaked me up and wrapped me. Like, both of my hands. I think there's a photo of, like, both of my hands are just wrapped. Oh, no. I was like, okay, and I don't know if it was just like a heat rash or something, but like... I got some on my ankle, for sure, and yeah. then I sit with my legs crossed, so I got it on my inner thigh. <sighs> that was like a lot of itching of the inner thigh, like, I'm like in a meeting, and I'm like, I gotta keep my hands on the table because <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna be like going to town, <laughs> and I don't want that. Yeah. That's Anyways, an let's go back yeah. to you, <laughs> and like your, your involvement in the arts and culture scene in Winnipeg that's coming up. Coming what up. you got a plan actually? Do I have a plan? Yeah, aren't you uh, oh. starting a thing? Oh my god, is, this is an this is an exclusive hot take that uh, everybody that's not in Creek on gets to hear for the first time. Um, I'm currently launching a pro- my IPP. Okay. IPP. Did yep. you do IPPs when you? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so second year of Creek on, you have to do like a project, and it's pretty open ended. You can do whatever you want. Some people do like on a video series. Or, like, some people do uh, other things. Yeah, Jen did a concert review blog. Jen did. Yeah, yes. which helped a lot. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. goes started to that a, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, House Panther was, uh, or Bailey was in Precom, and her plan was to do an EP launch, which she never ended up doing because she didn't go on to second year, but she did anyway. Yeah. So, that's so cool. just to let you know, Bailey was in earlier today <gasps> yeah. with her interview, and she told us that story. Did yeah. she tell you that story? Yeah, so yeah. I'm just, like, being saying that, like, this isn't a story that you heard on the podcast. You know this story. Yes. Yeah, this exactly. Is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They know the tea already. Yeah, wow. so they will know the tea so when they hear it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, when they hear it. They, they don't know it. the tea yet. <laughs> they don't know. No, not at this present moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is a hot take. It is a hot take. <laughs> But uh, my my project is a podcast called Drag in the Peg. It is about local drag queens. It's Ooh. just an interview series. It's going to be fun. And what is your format of that? Like uh... Mostly just an interview. Yeah. 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 Like um, half an hour? I'm thinking probably like 45 minutes maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. an hour. I don't know. I really like your guys' format where it's kind of not contingent on a specific time yeah it's just when you want to stop talking exactly and i think as long as it adds up to a certain amount of hours my instructors won't care so yeah i don't know do you have guests that you're already Mm -hmm. hoping for or already have in lined up yeah i do have a i have a bit of a lineup um people who've confirmed but i'm gonna really kick start the process in uh september and then we're hoping for a launch date in january 
So this is very, yeah, <laughs> very yeah. ahead of the game. So yeah. you're gonna um, in- start interviewing in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. have all that time to edit it to the place where it should be. Indeed, and have a launch show either in December or January. Whoa, oh. a launch show! Yeah, and I'm so scared for it. <laughs> well, why? I've never done like event or concert. Or show planning. Right, yeah. Oh, so would it be like you play the episode at a venue where it's like a cocktail event? I of? don't think so. I think it's just gonna be like a like a, a drag show. Oh, okay. Just cool. to kind of help promote it. Nice. Sponsored by the show, which is me. So I gotta find money for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Probably at the daughter. I, I was speaking with uh, somebody at the Goodwill. Um, but I don't know if I can sell them any tickets. So, who knows? Yeah. It's a very pre-production. There's right only yeah. three places in the city. I wrote an article. There's only three places in the city with safe space policies. And daughter. Daughter, Goodwill, and Excuse, Excuse. Cafe. Mm. Which only is three? Three. Really? I went to every single website of every single bar and looked for their safe space policy. And when I wrote the article, there was only three. Wow, that's... Wow. Interesting. I would have assumed there would have at least been a half dozen. No. Wow. Wild, Wake up, eh? Winnipeg. That is Wake wild. Wake up, Winnipeg. Called out. Called out. Call out. Call out. Every, every episode we called <laughs> Yeah. Every episode today we were trying to accomplish some call outs. So, well, no, no, we're trying to. They've been coming up. Yeah. They just come out. Yeah. So what is, what is the um, motivation behind doing this podcast? Um... I am, I, I, well, I guess it's kind of my way of trying to reconnect with the queer community a little bit and kind of, um, understand some of those perspectives a little bit better. Um, I I don't, or I guess reconnect is the wrong word. Maybe it's just connect because I've I've never really felt. Right. That was going to be my next question is Mm -hmm. like, what happened that you disconnected? But nothing like I just, I never really got into the queer scene because I kind of associated it with very like clubbing the club scene, you know, um, it seems like a lot of the queer communities, like, I think this is probably false, but this was just my perception of it was that a lot of like the queer events and things that were going on were like at fame nightclub or a little bit of club 200 although i think that's a little bit more chill and i'm, I'm just not a clubber you right know? so like i never really felt that kind of connection uh and even pride felt i felt like a little bit of like an outlier there sort of so um and drag is kind of like the one almost exclusively like queer art form i think and i think that's so cool and there's so much depth to it that's just breezed by by people who are just like, oh, it's just, um, you know, men performing as women, which is such a reductionist kind of view of it. And I, I want to talk about the people and the style of it and the time and the money and the meaning behind it and the politics behind it. I, I, just, I think that's endlessly interesting. Mm-hmm. I just think drag is drag is so cool. So, yeah, and, and the people are all pretty unique and... Uh, and crazy and wild and cool. Right. All the people that I've spoken to so far, even just in preparation for the interviews and people who I've met before. So, are there so people that fine. you're speaking to that have been drag queens for like a long time, like that are like off the radar now, like not performing anymore, or are only performing drag queens? 
Uh, no, I'm hoping to connect with some of the, some of the, um... The OG dragons. The OG, the vets. <laughs> and Rachel Stone, actually, of, uh, Madness of Music is gonna help me with that. She, cool. um, she was very involved with that scene, kind of in the 90s and stuff like that. And before that, um, and is that ever, like, a crazy important time period for queer people in Winnipeg, when it wasn't as, uh, accepted to be a queer person. What, and what time is that, like... Like, uh, 80s, 90s was kind of the time that she was, I believe, present in that, in that scene. I don't know how much, how much I should say about her involvement with that. Oh, no, but I was going to interview her. Okay, we're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 When, when, for example, like, before Fame Nightclub, which, as I understand, is like a mostly heterosexual owned club, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to when, like... The venues were Club 200 and Miss Purdy's and the stuff like that that was like queer owned private bars and they had to be private because that was a safety requirement to be at a, a, a queer space you know it had to be a an exclusive sort of thing um just miles different from kind of what it is today and that's so important and so interesting to me so yeah she's gonna be helping me connect with some of those gals which I think is almost uh well, not more interesting, but very different than some of the, the young queens that you see nowadays coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. I would like to also say, I when I was talking about the, the bars that have the safe space policy, mm. I meant live music venues. I'm oh. not too sure oh. if those yeah. two have those, and I, mm. I assume that would be something that would be almost, like you were saying, like safety is like a necessity. Mm-hmm. So I did not look into yeah. those ones. So I'd like to be clear that oh, that's totally. not exactly, I didn't look into those two because I did not consider them a live music venue. So. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Yeah, Disclaimer. exactly. Yeah. After you said that, like that's just like, Oh my gosh, why yeah. did I completely like gloss over that point? <laughs> but this is a learning experience for everyone. Mm. I love podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Miss Purdy's isn't even open anymore. Like right. club 200 is, I think there was five, um, privately owned queer bars in Winnipeg kind of at the height of that era. And now there's only one. There's only Club 200. Hmm. And then fame uh, rose up. And that's a, a completely different entity, from what I understand. I, I don't want to spread misinformation. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just Club 200 now. Can you speak to how it's... Is it growing again? Like, since going from five to one to now, you know, two a little bit with mm-hmm. fame, do you find there's some more growth in that community? Um... There certainly is. I think it's kind of less about the club culture now. You still see queens performing at um, Club 200 and Fame. Um, it seems to be kind of like a like a pretty, uh, not a small group, but you, you only see like a couple of queens who are regularly performing at those kind of bars. A lot of it now is like internet drag, which I think is so cool. You know, like queens on Instagram, like, um, like, uh, like, um, oh man. Like, I definitely... Like, Victoria Lush, you know? Is a local Instagram yes. queen? Uh, I think she's in Vancouver now. Like, Victoria Lush, like, uh, Jinx Nouveau, uh, you got your Madame Chopsticks, your, um, Sarah David, Peppermint Fatty, those, like, they're, they're, like, relatively young queens who mostly do makeup and outfits, um, for, like, social media and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and that's so cool, too. And they're less... They're less performative than some of the classical drag. What is your favorite, like, drag name? Drag name that, that I've ever heard? heard? Yeah. Uh, Star of David's pretty funny. Yeah. 
Uh, so that's pretty great. Uh, like, do you mean like local drag queen or like anyone? Anyone. There's an Australian drag queen. Her name is um. I think it's Barb from Finance. Wow. Nice. It's just like <laughs> communicates everything that you need to know. Because from what like, I'm also speaking as an outsider. Like I'm I'm not a drag queen. Um, I don't do drag. So I'm I'm more of like a documentarian of it. So I can't. Right for sure. I can't uh, talk about some of the customs of this, but it seems like the pattern of naming should kind of express what you're going to see or what you're going to expect from those queens. Right. So from Barb from Finance, you know it's going to be fucking hilarious. Right. You know, because it's ridiculous. Um, meanwhile, like, Vita Lamore de Cosmo, like, she's a classical, she's an older queen, um, as in she was performing, like, for the times, and she's very glamorous. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jinx Nouveau, she's, like, one of those Instagram queens, and she's very beautiful and fishy and... Yeah, so it, it's it's really cool. It's just this whole kind of culture that's. Did you say so fishy? Cool. Fishy, <laughs> like that. That means uh, it's. I think probably not a cool thing to say, actually. Oh. But I mean, drag kind of as a culture itself isn't necessarily the most politically correct. Just something that I'm trying to learn and accept as well. But fishy means um, looking very much like a cisgender woman. Right. You know, so if you say that queen looks fishy, that means that she looks more. Feminine, more huh. gender appearing. That's an interesting word. Here's Fishy. okay. Huh. Yeah, I don't like it. Yep. Okay, can we talk about <laughs> RuPaul? Sure. Yes, please, because that's that's definitely like a monolith in that. It. I found. I made a Facebook status that uh, because I couldn't find information on it. I did my googling. I did as much research as I possibly could, and was like, why? Is this okay? Why is it okay for a, a room of men dressing like women to talk about my body? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not talking about their own bodies. They're not talking about their vaginas. Mm-hmm. They're talking about women's vaginas because they don't have them. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting concept. Like, isn't this not okay for people to talk about, like, a woman's body like this just yeah. because they're wearing women's clothing? You know what I mean? I Which is interesting about that word. And I... I don't know what I'm getting at with this, but it's just like, is there something, is there a bit of a conflict that you find with those types of, like, that type of language? That type of language, that whole type of, there's a huge disconnect kind of between, like, the RuPaul's drag race style of drag versus, like, local drag queens. And that's Mm -hmm. also kind of, like, another thing that I want to explore with Drag in the Peg is that, like, drag has exploded, since RuPaul's Drag Race, you mm-hmm. know, there are people, there are artists who have, like, international careers now, um, because of their appearances on the show, and drag used to be, like, this very underground kind of art thing, this performance art, um, and now it's, 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 everyone's talking about it, everybody knows about it, but it's, there's such a huge disconnect between what you see on Drag Race versus what you see, like, in the regular bars or what you see online or people out here. Like, there are kind of the conception that it's all men dressing as women talking about this is wrong in itself because there are so many women who do drag Mm -hmm. and non-binary performers who do drag, even in Winnipeg. And they're some of the best. Um, That language... It's definitely archaic. It's, it's, it's so born and bred from like the 80s New York club scene mm-hmm. was kind of, I think, a little bit where like the, the birth of modern drag was from, you know, with Stonewall. Well, Stonewall was one of those clubs, but like the, that, that 80s club kid party scene. Um, 
And so much of the language of the drag scene is inspired by that. So you have like weird misogynistic words um, ground into it, and it's it's bizarre and strange. And and there's yeah, because you think I that guess a, it's such a modern language in a sense. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that in quotes, like to to use that that it's hard to like disconnect it. It's like without those words, then we don't have a language in a sense, yeah. you know. Or can that language change? Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. probably a really a really uh, interesting dynamic that's like going on with this culture that's happening, especially with RuPaul Mm -hmm. and having that language being broadcasted. Mm -hmm. The relationship between drag queen and queer culture and women is, is contentious and it's, it's, it's at times often very problematic. Um, Yeah. It's, and I don't think there's like a clear answer to that. Right. Which I'm you sure know. as someone that is going to be interviewing drag queens will be where we will get this information. Mm. Because currently, like on the internet, I really dug. I tried to find, I don't want to ask anybody. I just want to find out for myself because mm. nobody deserves to have that time and energy like taken from them in order to explain to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything that 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 had anything to do with like why that that language was was standing still and uh, it was so interesting yeah and there's um like for example I'm really excited for your podcast is what I'm saying yeah. I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm now you're making me excited about yeah. it um uh yeah and there was this huge controversy earlier where a reporter asked RuPaul if you know um a trans woman would be okay being on the show meanwhile there have been trans women who've been on the show and non-binary people who weren't necessarily out during the time of the recording. Mm -hmm. And RuPaul said, no, that would kind of be like cheating. Right. They said it it would be the same as like someone from the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Compared compared it to like, I wouldn't have an Olympic athlete competing on this. Like, whoa, like that is not. He compared it to like an athlete using steroids and not being able to participate in the Olympics. Um, Which is, it's, it's bizarre because drag started with trans women mm-hmm. it's 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 so it's it's mind-boggling that this one drag queen has kind of like the be-all end-all say on right the success of international queens as well. like it's yeah and i believe rupaul later apologized but it's yeah it's it's bizarre because you have a primarily male dominated um culture talking about women's bodies and you know what's fashionable for women and etc etc and there's very little female representation Mm -hmm. Mm. even in winnipeg there are some female and non-binary performers but i mean like the the there's still a huge it's mostly dominated by men right or people who identify as men right and the the answer that i sort of got out of that was like this is an expression of a feminine side that may not be accepted in their like normal lives normal workplaces Mm -hmm. and that type of thing and like they're putting themselves in like harm sometimes to express this side of them Mm -hmm. so like it's it's not um we got less into the language and more just about like they're dressing like women and they're like wearing these types of clothes that i don't think i'd be able to wear and then they're calling each other sluts and it's just like okay so if i want to wear that dress then i am too you know Mm -hmm. it's just like a really interesting thing and it just turned into like this is a way to finally like express that feminine side that is dangerous to express otherwise, even at a drag show, 
dangerous because if you leave that show, you're putting yourself at risk. Mm-hmm. That so was that's kind of the there. discussion that you found? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's on my Facebook if you want to look. I think there's like 60 comments or mm-hmm. something. No, it's just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, I, I really didn't know. I just couldn't understand why, like, why this, this language of like um, putting down women in a certain way was just, I don't know. Yeah, it really does kind of expose how stuff like transphobia and sexism and misogyny is still ingrained into queer culture. Like, it's not immune to it just because um, queer people have been victimized as well. There's still... And and racism as well, certainly. Mm -hmm. Especially on the international drag scene. Um, And you see very little queens of color in the Winnipeg drag scene as well. Um, Or indigenous queens. So it's not an infallible, uh, unproblematic art form, I think. (laughs) And I think that's interesting, too. Yeah, you're going to have a really interesting podcast. There's going to be people listening to that, yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Um, if you could if you could see one change in the community towards the positive, what would be the first thing you'd prioritize? The queer community or like the music community? <laughs> uh, the queer community. Oh, the queer community. Queer uh, arts. Yeah, queer arts, yeah, in general. Queer arts. Um, I don't really know um i don't know what's not to change uh it's very from what i've seen because i have a different experience than a lot of people um it's very hypersexualized and um and it's it's kind of hard to talk about without sounding like i'm trying to censor queer expressions of sexuality because i'm not Right. Um, I you also are totally allowed to like not answer the question yeah. if you don't want to. If you're like, this is no. going to get political, and you if you don't want to, that's totally fine. Maybe I should get political. Maybe I should take a stance on it. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like you go to you go to. I don't know. Like the epicenters of queer community in Winnipeg are often, you know, clubs or related to alcohol and stuff like that, and kind of related to like party culture, and it's very hypersexualized. And I don't know. I don't right. Know. It's, it's tough, you know? It's kind of very ingrained in that. And alcohol, too. Like, it's so central to alcohol. Kind of the queer community is tied to that, you know? It's, it's, you go to Pride, and there's the beer tents, and it's, it's hopping, and uh, you go to Fame, and everybody's plastered. Like, it's, it's, it's strange to me. I, and there's other, there's certainly other resources that are queer-focused that are not focused on uh, partying. Can, mm-hmm. can you speak about some of those? Yeah, Rainbow Resource Center okay. is great. There's um, it's kind of the only one that I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm not, I, I've, I've really distanced myself kind of from the queer culture. Um, so I haven't used a ton of the resources available to me as a queer person. Um, but, you know. And then with the podcast hopefully you'll be learning about these resources as well and like I if do. you need them yeah yeah I want to I want to fall back in love with the queer community cool you know that I was so interested in joining when I was in high school and then found that it was just a lot of like it was a lot of uh, that and I was not interested in that right and it kind of made me feel sad yeah. do, do you feel like it's changing at all or I don't know I, um, I hope so I hope so. 
I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Let's get back to you. Let's get back to me. Oh, before we end that, yeah, so I guess this podcast is, this upcoming podcast is less of me being a definitive source of information on the queer community in Winnipeg and more of uh, me trying to understand a little bit more about where these performers and where this community comes from through the art of drag. Right, yeah. Yeah, don't go there if you're expecting me to know everything about... uh, Queer culture in Winnipeg. Well, yeah, and also being inquisitive going into your... Like, if you were an expert already, then you wouldn't have to interview anybody. You mm-hmm. could just talk just for an hour. Talking. Yeah, yeah but chatting. this is, like, a pretty pretty cool thing that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and drag queens are, like, the, the holders of queer knowledge. It's cool. They're a lot of the times, which is why I really want to talk to older drag queens as well. Cool. Oh, geez. Yeah, sorry, back to me. Yeah. <laughs> the superstar of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> we got into some stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a question, but... Yeah, we got, we got in pretty deep. We got in pretty deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got... We, we cut deep. That's yeah. what our thing is on Paper I Good Podcast. I have noticed that, but not to call you guys out, but it oh, is the week out. of call-outs. Yeah. Paper cuts aren't that deep. Oh. Uh, they feel deep. Yeah, they feel deep. First cut is the deepest. Baby, Baby I, I know. know. <laughs> First... <laughs> We were doing that all day Friday, weren't we? Yeah. I was listening to some Cheryl Crow this week, too. Nice. I went to a uh, a really cool show that was, like, a bands is bands, but one lady did it all by herself. Oh, yeah. She you're... did three sets. She did an Alanis Morissette set, a Cheryl Crow set, and a Gwen Stefani set. At bands is bands? No, no, no. <laughs> At the Norwood Hotel. Oh. You know what bands. I'm saying? She's, like, did bands is bands. She did all three of them. Oh, party. Yeah. I I wanted to ask, what was your favorite and why? Okay, so here's the thing. I was, like, tired and in bed, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go. And then Brendan's like, hey, I'll come pick you up. And I was like, fine. And I'm, like, in my pajamas, no bra, like, just, like, so shitty. And then he's like, okay, here's the thing. I really, like, no doubt. And, like, when's it funny? And, like, we should just go see. We should go. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm in my pajamas. He's like, it's fine. Like, when we travel, like, nobody knows who we are. So we're going to the Norwood, nobody knows who we are. It's like the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, cool. So we, like, walked into the Norwood, and it was, like, no doubt. And he was loving it. He was, like, air basing and, like, harmonizing along. I'm like, put your fucking hands down. Like, stop. <laughs> like, you're not in the band. He's like, but it could be, you know? Like, like, he said, like, I grew up listening to this. Like, I know these songs. And I was just like, you are, you used me. To get to this show, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm going with my girlfriend, but really, you just wanted to go see this. Yeah. So, I actually did. Here's a hot take. Uh, we're thinking about having a bit of a wrap-up party at the end of the year. A paper cut sort of yeah. wrap-up for You're everyone. invited. You're invited. Now. Wow, thank you. You'll get a card. You're I the think. first we'll, we'll invitation. Yeah. Am I really? Yeah, yeah, because we haven't actually told any other oh guests. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> but uh, so I asked this person if she would do... Us, like we were thinking, like oh. if we got two local bands to do it, and then got her to close the night as the headliner. No, that would be awesome. If she okay. did in a, a did the a, details are under wraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, it was a really interesting thing that I found with like going back, kind of, to like uh, the older music scene in Winnipeg is that like she kind of didn't get what I was talking about. I was like, I just want you to do like one set. She's like. I think it's a waste to do one set and, like, you need us Friday and Saturday and whatever. And it's, like, getting into this thing, like, 
her band is used to doing like a weekend set at a mm-hmm. hotel and like doing the same thing two nights in a row and leaving their gear set up and that type of thing. Yeah. But in Winnipeg, it's like, no, like for the younger ones, it's like three sets, each band does a set and then you go home. But she just like was not quite understanding what I was asking. <laughs> I was just like, I just want you to headline. And she's like, and we bring our own sound guy. I'm like, there will be a person there <laughs> to help you one person, do this. One like, yeah. it, it, like it was just getting into this really weird thing that it was just like, she didn't quite get it. So you, you didn't like any of it, is what you're trying to tell me? Gwen Stefani. We're okay, getting Gwen a Gwen Stefani, no doubt set. <laughs> no diggity, no doubt. Yeah, oh, okay. no diggity, no doubt. So it was That's okay, a hot take. like thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, it's like thumbs in the middle. Like I was like, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure how it ended. I think she thinks it's okay, but we, okay. we don't have any info yet. But, but Brendan loved it. Yeah. He, <laughs> thumbs I think, up for him. I think Brendan was like... Uh, when I told him this idea, I was like, we should get her to do it. And he's like, I, w- I want to do it. I'm like, you can't kick out her bassist and do it. Like, how are you going to be it? He's like, I'll put together my own no doubt. I'm like, no, <laughs> she came up with it first. Like, you don't get to be in it. Wow. And he just like really wants to play this no doubt bass. Brendan's tribute, no doubt band to a tribute, no doubt band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, That's totally. Intense. That's intense. It could be called All Doubt. All Doubt. All Doubt. Wow. Nice. That's impressive. And they're all very self-conscious of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and every second, it's actually like, the band oh turns God. around. Everybody's facing the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me. I don't know if we can do this, guys. Um. So, Graham, the podcast that was supposed to be about you, we've effectively now made it about ourselves. It's about the first invitation to our party. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you so are back the first. To making it about yeah. you. Party. Yeah, yeah, you are the first. We will send out the details once we get organized ourselves. Fun. Which we are not <laughs> at all. Thank you, Dad. Yeah. Yes. Please. You're not ready at all. But anyways, we will wrap it up here because sure. um, we got to turn on the AC. It is so freaking hot in here. Yeah, she's sweltering. It's yeah. pretty bad. We're on, we're on the top floor. We're on the top floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot That's on the top floor. That's for sure. How would you describe your style? Uh, Madonna from the Basquiat days. Basquiat? Yeah, when she was like in the New York art scene. Oh. What you know, year people that? were taking like Polaroids of her all the time. What year would that be? I think that was like late eighties. Okay. Yeah. So you're a late eighties Madonna. Uh that's, that's what the I'm goal. going for. I want <laughs> bangs. Bangs is my next. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Bangs cool. is a yeah. is a big jump. I want to look like Debbie Harry. Nice. Yeah. You're on your way. Thank you. You already got the hair is exactly Debbie Harry. Like an Isaiah. Yeah. I'm a hairier Debbie Harry. Debbie Harrier. Wow. Debbie Harriest. That would be a fantastic drag band name. I was going to say drag name. That would be a fantastic drag name. Yeah. You could could have a name on your podcast as well. Yeah. You could not be Graham. You could be Debbie Harriest. Debbie (laughs) Harriest. Oh, no. I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. Anything else that you do? You write, you Cree-com, you podcast. Yeah. um, Any other cool, like... Photos, yeah, 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 you were mentioning. Yeah, which is scary. Yeah, oh, taking yeah. photos is very scary. So scary. Not it's hard to get, I think it's scary to get close. You always want to take the picture from like, is this my place? Should mm. I be getting close to the thing? And yeah, then... yeah, and then, um, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's scary. What What parts? Uh, crowds terrify me. Mm. I'm so scared of crowds. Just in general or with a camera? Uh, with a camera. No, yeah. when I'm supposed to be doing stuff with crowds or by myself that's scary so like uh uh yeah like like um 
there's a crowd and I'm supposed to take photos. It's weird getting up in front of all the crowd. Right. Getting right next to the singer because my lens sucks and it's not a zoom, so I can't even, like, hang out near the back. So I gotta get up right there. I gotta look like an idiot because I don't know what I'm doing. Taking photos. Um, I'm also not very smart with my camera. Like, I should probably learn about it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I look like I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, no. Visibly. <laughs> I'm um, sure you don't. Thank you. <laughs> I saw, I've never seen you take photos before, but I'm sure you don't. It was at Folk Fest. I was, like, stressed, running around, trying to, like, get everything sorted out and on social media for Manitoba Music. Uh, and then I saw a tweet later in the day that was, like, saw this person frantically running around at Folk Fest trying to figure out their camera. Oh, no. Texting their friends saying, help me, which was very much me. Knew it was me. <laughs> and they were like, I would have uh, quit if I were them. Whoa. And, like, and did you not? Did you reply? No, because oh. I didn't know them. Oh, yeah. call them out! But I was like, I call know. Out. I was like, I know that you know that I am that person, and I want you to know that I know that I saw that. So I was bitter about it. Well, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If you listen to our other two photography podcasts, they for sure had no idea what they were doing when <laughs> they started, and it's and still like coming up with like leaving shows with not a whole lot of shots to deal yeah. with, too, which, like, professionals, they both have. There's always a learning curve. Yeah, for I sure. I feel like you're yeah. always learning something. And you Jen, have a whole year of learning coming up. Holy yeah, stuff. that's going to be huge. And Jen Dirksen, I consider to be my, my little mentor, because they're so validating. <laughs> yeah. Like, hearing from Jen that my shots aren't bad is, like, all the encouragement I need. For sure. Jen was my teacher when I was, like, learning to take photographs. I actually learned to take them at Real Love. Ah. And Jen was like, okay, look at me, pay attention, we're doing this now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Uh, And then just taught me how to take photos, and then it was, like, actually such an informative, great, awesome lesson. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's good to have people that are, like, I gained my knowledge from this and learning, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you, and then you'll help somebody else. So, I mean... And I'm doing some photo stuff for Jen. Cool. September. So that's exciting. Whoa. Exciting. Yeah, and validating. Yeah, for God, sure. I love Jen. Yeah. Great guest. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Great episode. Last thing. Favorite band in the city. Favorite Ooh. band in the city. Hands fucking down veneer. Ah, same. Kicks my ass. Every time. Every show. So good. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Veneer. So good. Yeah. What's your favorite song? Um... Unsure gets me, gets me going. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Don't get my hair wet. I think is <laughs> amazing. Smart. Yeah. And it, like clever and fun. And then they also have the song that I don't think it's on their album, but it's like uh, it might be. It's an ending song. I don't like you anymore. I don't like you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how they end their set. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Okay, we're yeah. leaving you now. You're leaving us now. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for cutting deep with us on Papercut Podcast. Thank you. Wow, that was such a great episode. If you want more great episodes, you should visit papercutwinnipeg.com. They're all great, we promise. Here's a cut from our interview next week with Andrea Davis. Um, I think certainly that, just that you can actually, you can like see and know the artists that you're a fan of. Um, it's also uh, pretty... It's inexpensive, like, relative to, like, going to see a show at the MTS Center that's, like, $130 maybe. You could see, like, 15 shows for that price.